Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Nikki Collins' appearance, we always look forward to it. And, Nikki, the only... Uh, the only issue, though, I you know, when we when we take a week or so, uh, week off, you know, there's like it always feels like there's a million things that have happened, and like you go back to the K State game, and I know that you know that wasn't fun. Certainly, the first half was very fun, but then Oklahoma, you go to Oklahoma State. It does seem like this team, the road is where you all kind of kickstart things sometimes. So we'll get into that, but the uh, enormous news yesterday with Brittany Griner. In fact, I've been reading all the statements from you and Mac and, I mean, just the entire Baylor family. Um, this is, uh, I, I mean, I you know, you took a very big, big leadership role, and it's not easy when it's not a player you coached and you come into a program that has all this history, and yet I think when, you know, she was uh, arrested and detained and, you know, in you, you, you stepped forward, um, and and really advocated and, and showed a lot of support. Your team did and all that. And so this just really was a culmination of a lot of things. Um, this has been it's kind of owned last night's news cycle. I noticed and yesterday's we kind of broke you know big time breaking news during our show. What um, what has been the reaction and like how long? Was this kind of going on? I mean, was this something you and Brittany had had sort of dialogue on, even going back to when you all went to see the Mercury play? And why did it feel like this was the, the right time for it to happen? Yeah, good good question. I mean, when I, when I took the job, you asked me, like, advocating for someone um, that I didn't coach. Um, but the beauty of the WNBA is it's, it's a super small league, um, and – it's a really tight knit league, and certainly everyone knew who Brittany Griner was. But um, I got the opportunity to get to know Brittany Griner, the person. And you know, in particular, when you're when you're in the bubble at IMG Academy, um, in tight quarters, and you're you're sharing a buffet line every day, um, you know, you just it's it's hard to not get to know people. You almost have to choose not to. And so you know, getting the Baylor job and, and knowing that was just a hole, you know, it certainly there was, there was pain um, involved in that and, you know, almost like a bad breakup. And I know um, Brittany reached out to me the day I got the job and, and had mentioned how excited she was to come back. Um, so I've known her agent, um, Lindsay Kagawa, uh, Colas for a long time um, working in the, the W and so instantly it very much was a, we want to get this done. We don't know what it's going to take. We don't know when it's going to be. Um, but I had hoped to get it done the first year. And there's obviously a lot of things to jump through. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the detention happened. And, um, you know, so, yeah, we've been, in, we've been in talks about this since summer, you know, honestly. Like I know um, there were times when, probably people wonder, but there, there's a lot that goes into doing it and doing it right, you know, and, and I think the doing it right part um, was the most important thing. I think Mac's been supportive from the beginning. Um, Dr. Livingstone's been supportive. Um, you know, Chip and Joanna have been awesome in terms of wanting to welcome her back to Waco. And so there have been all these, these pieces and people involved, but it, it came down to why now, um, you know, we wanted to honor her the right way, and we wanted it to be at a time that her and her family could be here. 
Um, honestly, like her wife is, is sitting for the bar soon. And so like trying to work around, you know, her schedule and, and being respectful of that and really wanting to do it at a time where um, the mercury could all be um, here. I mean, you're talking about free agency. I mean, I know our fans aren't thinking about free agency, but if you've been in the W, this is, this is that time. Um, so, you know, just really wanted to honor her the right way. So, yes, there have been a lot of talks um, and uh, will continue to be up until, you know, she, she gets here. But it's going to be a really special three days. All right, and we saw that, the Waco trip, Zach, uh, that news, and then I read Michael's story yesterday, ESPN.com. The uh, Sunday, February 18th, that's going to be on ESPN2, and that's 3 p.m. Now, Nikki, not that that game wasn't going to have a nice crowd already, but do you feel like the uh, (laughs) – has anybody informed you, like, what the – what the ticket situation has been like since this announcement, I would imagine there's a, it's pretty competitive and, and maybe the pricing uh, perhaps has, uh, has gone up a little bit. Uh, that's become a, uh, an extremely hot ticket. I hope so. You know, I, I hope, I hope that for our program, I hope that for Brittany Griner, I hope that the community shows her love. Um, you know, she was, 35 and 15 over her career here, you know, AP national player of the year, two times, three time big 12 player of the year, national champion, like, like her accolade is over 3000 points. Number one, all time in blocks, men or women, NCAA. So like her, her numbers with her impact on the basketball court, um, you know, like they're, they're almost incomparable. Um, but at the same time, like wanting to honor who she is. Were your players, did, I mean, they were like little girls when she was starring at Baylor. I mean, we got to go way back. I'm thinking they're like what seven, eight years old or something. Um, when when they got to your 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 players, when when some of your players got to meet her and be around her, was it like uh, were they in awe? What was the what what was that like? And um, what do you think this means to even? Your current and and I should also ask. I want I want to hear what your current players think, but also I bet you've also been in touch with former Baylor players and that kind of thing. What it, what has kind of been the response from everyone, current and former? I think um, everyone is is grateful. Um, I think everyone wants to see her honored. Um, you know, I, I I think our current players, yeah, when they got to meet her at the Wings game. Um, they they look like little kids in a candy store. You know, it's just it's a little like meeting LeBron. You know, I mean, Brittany Griner is um, obviously a, a Baylor legend, but she's bigger than that. You know, and and so I think the way she interacted with them, I remember in particular, Asia Blackwell was just so excited. You know, and to get her picture taken with her, I, I remember recruiting Bella uh, Fauntleroy, and and that was the first thing she talked about how she always loved Baylor because of VG. And so, you know, I, I do think she's impacted our players at a level that, you know, she probably doesn't even understand. Um, but I certainly think, you know, she, she deserves her flowers. She deserves this moment um, based on, you know, the career that she had at Baylor. Um you know, I was I was talking to someone about like attendance and, and how obviously Baylor women's basketball had good attendance figures for a lot of years, but but how they really peaked 
during the BG era, how it was a, you know, it was a hot ticket, you know, and people wanted to see a 40 and O team. And I think, um, you know, they wanted to see the player that could dunk, you know, at a time when not a lot of players were dunking, we're seeing more and more of that. Um, but still it's, it doesn't happen every night. It doesn't happen every week, you know, it, and it's a big deal when it happens. And so, you know, I think she was, she was unique then. And I think um, her, her spirit and who she is, and her love for Baylor, I think, you know, that's, that's been the most um, heartwarming part of all of this is how excited she is to be back. Um, and it's not, I know, I know the Jersey ceremony will mean a lot to her, um, but I think it's, it's the idea of, of being loved and welcomed back. That, that's a bigger deal for her than the actual accolades involved. All right. And just a technical question, because like there have been some Jersey retirements and I think your players are, like, wearing some of the jerseys that have been retired. I'm sure Sophia, if you needed to get permission, she's right there on the sideline, and she could say, yeah, you know, Asia, you could have – you could wear my old jersey. Is this, like – will this number be truly out of commission? How, how does this all work? Because sometimes I think people retire jerseys, but maybe the numbers are still in play. Baylor, obviously, with a huge amount of success, has had a has quite a few numbers retired, as should be the case. What um, how what is the what's the protocol on that? Yeah, well, you know, I'll I'll answer that in a two prong way. One, while I'm the coach <laughs> at Baylor, um, forty two will never be worn. Um, while I'm the coach at Baylor, um, I think they've left that up to each coach in each sport. I think um, in basketball in particular, I think it's been really, really hard to truly retire numbers in the past. So it's, it's, it's like a retirement, but it's more of an honoring because, you know, when you have a limited number of numbers, <laughs> you can't just start to eliminate them with really good programs, you know. And so, you know, I think with the change over the past year that, that players could wear zero to 99 and not being restricted by, you know, zero to five, 10 to 15, you know, up to 55. Um, you know, I, I think that that made it tougher to truly retire numbers. Um, what I can tell you with BG, and we did get permission. I called Melissa Jones um, before uh, we, we told Bugs she could wear five because I just, we, we maybe didn't have to do that, but I thought it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was excited, and I remember talking to Melissa Jones saying, you're going to be really, really excited to see um, what Dariana Littlepage Bugs does in number five, you know, and she was excited, you know, and Sophia obviously did the same thing with her, and she's been a mentor um, for Asia since she's been here. Um, but but in Brittany's case, this, this jersey will not be worn. This number will not be worn. All right. Well, uh, again, Sunday, February 18th, ESPN two, that's three p.m. game, and uh, it's it's interesting that it's Texas Tech because for those of us that have watched this program so closely over the years, we remember some of those battles, uh, and uh, and it one in particular involving Brittany, I should say, but also uh, I think Swoops was on the game the other day, um, and so that was kind of cool. I don't, I didn't totally realize that, and then at the end, I heard him say that, and I thought, man, that's that's kind of neat. So anyway, the Texas Tech portion of this is 
is uh, I'm not saying that's the whole reason y'all did it that night, but I think that that kind of makes it even more intriguing and interesting to those of us who've kind of watched that thing over the years. All right. Um, well, it's been, I mean, I, I let's just go, I don't want to go back and rehash everything. The K-State thing was tough because y'all played so great and had them down, and obviously, you know, it was a rough second half. But, uh, but um, I, the other day, you go on the road, and that's always a tough environment. Oklahoma State, obviously. I mean, and, and I, what is it about the – you all keep running up against these teams that have one of these, you know, just enormous – I mean, like, you know, height-wise, but, but also just strength, um, low-post players. That Gusters, I just haven't really seen her in a while. And I, I was kind of glad, Nikki, she didn't kind of find her – rhythm till very late in that game (laughs) yeah and we could have you know and full transparency like we we were prepared to bring doubles um but when she really got going at the end um we 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 were at the point where we really just didn't want to give up threes you know when you're playing with a double finger lead the quickest way to get a team back in the game was to either foul them or give up threes and so um i thought Asia in particular had done an outstanding job of, um, you know, and I, I know people aren't going to think this is inefficient, but when you get someone that you're outsized by that significantly to shoot 50% from the field and all their shots are inside of four feet, mm-hmm. um, you've done a good job. And so I thought, you know, until the very end, we didn't foul her because she's a fantastic foul shooter, which we don't say that about a lot of centers. Um, so kudos to, to Hannah for that. She's very, very good free throw shooter. Um, but not Fowler, you know, make her make her earn it, make her play through our chest um, and give her one shot. And I thought that's the one thing we did. We, we didn't give them second opportunities, um, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, I think she's somebody, you know, when you watch them, she's one of the players that got eligible um as a two-time transfer you know when, yes. when that kind of went into effect in december and kind of has changed the dynamic of that team um but we also we also know that in the midst of hey maybe we don't match up um inch for inch or pound per pound with every player in this you know in this league we also feel like we have we have advantages at the other end you know and feel like we can put those players um, in situations where they can't guard us, that that also then makes, you know, in in this case, J.C. Hoyt make a decision about leaving her in or taking her out, you know, and and they took her out quickly in the third when we started to get out in transition, and like she was trying to guard Bugs because, you know, Bugs is our least efficient outside player, you know, perimeter post player, and so that's who they had her guard, but she was she was running by her in transition. And so you have to, like, make those decisions as a coach. You know, there, there's give and take. But, yes, we there are definitely um, some, some very um, big inside players in the mm-hmm. Big 12. Yeah, I have nightmares sinking, although, like you say, that Iowa State, I think as you pointed out last time we talked, you know, you were – you were you were knew she was maybe going to get hers, but uh, and by the way, you did run a double team at her at one point. I I saw, but I I did think for the most part. I mean, that was one of those things where y'all just came out, asserted yourself, and you, what you don't want to get in your team's head is like, oh man, we're a great first half team. What's our problem in the second half? This was a game 
that it was like third quarter, you just put the hammer down, and they were really never in the game again. And you can't do that every game. I know you'll have to win close games, but that's kind of right. nice when you get it to 61-49. And, and, yeah. It felt like a close game. Like I thought, you know, when it's 13, um, it's comfortable, but you also know it's, it's two threes, two Garzon threes mm. away from, you know, a two-possession game type of situation. So you have to be um, – you know, I, I thought we, we missed some easy ones. We missed some free throws. Um, but I thought, you know, the, the second chance points, the second chance opportunities, um, beating them as badly as we did on the board, um, that, that played a huge role. You know, and I thought this was a game where um, after a tough, tough loss against Kansas State, and I thought we missed some easy shots early against Oklahoma State, but I saw um, – I saw a lot of the team that, that went 14-0 and in that game, not mm. in terms of did shots go in, did, but our, our, our mentality, our next play mentality, our, our sudden change defense, our, you know, we, we turned the ball over early, which has been our Achilles heel, and then we turned it over one time in the second quarter, and then we took care of it in the second mm. half. You know, but we started that game with seven turnovers in the first quarter, just trying to force things, wanting things to be there that weren't, you know, not being patient enough to, to work the ball to the backside or um, or move it a couple times through. And I thought we at least kind of kept our composure. We kept that next play mentality so that when we got going and headed in the right direction, we let that snowball, you know, instead of this whole like, okay, here we go again. Like everybody's, everybody's turning the ball over. And, yeah. um, you know, we've, we've never had a issue of, like a lot of times our turnovers are players trying to make plays, trying to make positive plays. You know, they're, it's, it's not selfishness. It's not, you know, sometimes we're driving to kick, um, but we, we're not patient enough to just move it and wait for the ball to come back um, to attack off the bounce. So it's, it's a little bit of us wanting to do what I want them to do what we're teaching them to do, but just not being patient enough to wait for it to happen. It's, it's, we've got to hit singles and not home runs right away. You know, like let's, let's keep hitting singles and then we're going to hit a double and then we're eventually going to get the home run. But like, let's just make sure, you know, we're, we're not striking out, you know? And so there's, there's my, my baseball uh, analogy (laughs) of the day. Well, I mean, it, it's you got some efficient play off the bench. Uh, before I do my fanboy stuff with Yaya that I normally do, uh, Nikki Collin on for her uh, appearance with us on the Matt Mosley show. Uh, everybody's been excited about hearing from Nikki, especially since yesterday's news of Brittany Griner's uh, uh, Jersey retirement, which will happen on fe- uh, Sunday, February 18th, coming up on ESPN2. But you'll want to be there for that. I, I wanted to ask you about Jada Walker, who's been so good for you this year. I know it's been going through a little bit of a, a shooting slump lately, but, boy, she limped off the game, and I don't believe I ever saw her come back in. Uh, what's the what's the latest with, uh, with Jada and her possible availability for uh, Thursday's game against the Longhorns? Yeah, Jada um, should be fine. She um, okay. has sprained that ankle tweaked that ankle you know it it, it I feel like it's five, for five or six times um you know I think this one um it was it was more about I thought you said it already I thought our bench play you know in the first half she picked up two fouls 
Um, and so it wasn't, you know, that she was out because she was injured. And the second half, um, when she went out injured, I certainly took her out because of her tweaking her ankle. But I felt like we we really took off from there. And I thought, you know, Jana played well off the bench. I thought Yaya played well off the bench. I thought Bella played an incredibly complete game, you know, on both sides of the ball off the bench. And so I just thought our bench was really, really good. And so I think I was riding that more than – um, and, and allowing her um, to rest as opposed to, you know, it being a serious type situation. So with Yaya, I mean, we were talking a little bit uh, earlier before we, we got we jumped on together. I mean, I, you know, I, I would I sense that, you know, you really try to when she's on the floor, you got to kind of sometimes you, you do have to coach players. I, I used to hear Bill Parcells talk about it. He used to talk about Romo like that in the early days. He said, you have to coach him all the way through the game. You have players, you probably don't have to do that. With Yaya, maybe you stay on her a little bit more, but my goodness. I mean, as we've talked about, she has sort of an uncommon playmaking ability. She can also get to the rim, and she's got a good three-point shot. So, I mean, there's a, it's it's – it's got to be a jolt, I would think, to opposing an opposing team that they're generally, you know, you're you might bring some talented players off the bench, but she plays kind of at a a different sort of pace. What what did you see from her that kind of allowed you to ride with with her? I think she played 22 minutes in this game. Not that I was looking, but um, <laughs> what what. Uh, what kind of what do you think she did that allowed her to have so much success? Nine points, seven assists, uh, and and no turnovers. What what was she doing that just kind of really allowed her to settle down and not get into some of those issues? Maybe that that where she doesn't get as many minutes. Well, I thought I thought she played under control. I think that's the big thing. Um, you know, there's such a fine line with with turning her loose um, because she's so effective going downhill. Um, but her understanding, her reads, um, certainly the better the defense, the the more challenging it has been. Like, we've talked to her a lot about, hey, you get in a Big 12 play and everyone scouts a little bit harder, you know, and everyone's going to take away your tendencies. And and it's it's no mystery that, that she's a um, very strong right-handed driver. Um, and so when we can get her into the right space, um, whether it's on the left side and she's attacking with her right hand to the middle or it's on the right side and she's driving baseline. You know, it's it's about, hey, when people take that away, are you willing to just move the ball, you know, or are you going to try to create, you know, with your non-dominant hand where you're more apt to get yourself in trouble, you know, and certainly we want to grow her in that area over time, but you're in a, you're in a time of the year or you're trying to maximize your player's strengths and minimize their weaknesses. You know, you're, you're not in the mode of, hey, let's turn a, a weakness into a strength because we don't have time right now, you know, and that's, that's like an off-season project of saying, hey, this is an area of growth for you. You know, can you attack left the same way you can attack right? And, and you know, mm. she's someone that can attack left baseline um, because there's there's not more congestion there. There's not a there's not a gap being filled with the defender's hands. And so, I thought you know when I first put her in the game, they were in zone. I thought even though she missed her first couple threes, I thought they were really excellent shots. And so Yaya is someone that I coach possession by possession. Hey, it's okay that you missed that. That's a great shot. You know that is an like 
she needs um, that reinforcement. And then I do. I, you know, I mean, if she's on defense in front of me, I'm telling her to stay disciplined, you know, stay in your stance, stay disciplined because athletically she can guard anyone. You know, it's just that whole discipline of not taking a fake, not getting bored, you know, not, um, you know, biting on a heavy or something like that. So, and offensively, the word you're going to hear me say over and over and over again is simple, simple, simple. When she's ringing the ball and the ball's in her hands and I can see, I can see the gears turning, you know, and so, but she's someone that, that wants to be coached. And I thought there were simple plays that she made, um, you know, like she just threw a skip pass and transitioned to Sarah and Sarah hit a three. Like those are simple plays that we need her to make. It doesn't always have to be, you mm-hmm. know, let me attack, let me draw, let me drop, let me, you know, because she can make those plays, you know, but I think, She's at her best when the game's unfolding and she has space for it to unfold. And I think when we play at our best in transition, which we create from defensive rebounds and, and turnovers, when, when she can play in transition, she has is so much more effective because she has space to work, you know? And I think that, um, you know, I think where Texas, you know, which we face next is their help side is, is significantly better. It's bigger. It's better. It's quicker. So you have to make um, plays off two feet against Texas. Like if you play downhill and don't, they're going to take charges. And so, you know, I think you, you, we just have to keep getting Yaya to make good decisions, but to understand where her space is to attack. All right. You should ask Scott sometime, uh, Scott Drew, about why does, about Mosley falling in love with bench players? Because like I spent one whole season begging him to play this one guy and <laughs> it was like he ended up transferring out transferred to missouri and he was like an energizer guy not, not even a fair comparison because yaya is like way better than this kid ever thought about being but i mean i spent the entire year why are you not playing him <laughs> so yeah i can get obsessed well, with sure yes your 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 <laughs> fandom and, and I really like I think she is um and should be a fan favorite. Her energy, her smile, yeah. um she's you know, I I I talk to a lot of shocker, I talk to a lot of WNBA coaches and GMs. Like that's 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 a big part of my circle, you know, and you know, when we talk about this team and we talk about who they should be looking at, you know, outside of the obvious people, the Sarah Andrews, the Dre Edwards that are up for you know, McLean Awards and, and mm. Nancy Lieberman Awards and things like that. And, you know, it's, it's Yaya's coming. Like, she's not there yet, but you're, you're, she's going to grow so much in this offseason. But she has something that um, a lot of people don't have. It's that explosive downhill ability. It's the ability to get a three-point play. Um, you know, I've described her as a seeking missile. Um, you know, there are times when she misses shots simply because she's searching for contact. And so getting mm-hmm. to that point where, hey, there's a time to seek it and there's a time to just go up and shoot it, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, she she has so many areas of growth before she, we can we can talk about her, you know, at the next level. But I just feel like sometimes, you know, there are players that that won't get there because they don't have the tools, whether it's whether it's talent or whether it's athleticism or whatever. But I think this is one of those kids that that with the right training, with the right mindset, with the right like the 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 DNA is there, 
You know, it's just a matter of, hey, you, you can't be a one-way player, you know, at, at, yeah. at that level. Unless, quite frankly, you're so good at that one way, <laughs> you know, that, that they you got to be out there, whether it's, you know, you're a defensive rebounder, shot blocker, you know, at least usually if you're a, a defensive rebounder, shot blocker, you're also, like, going to get dunks, you know. You're, you're going to create um, pressure on the rim attacking. And so when you're a guard – You've got to be more than that, especially one who's five foot eight. You know, like if yeah. you're going to play at the next level, you yeah. have to make good decisions. You've got to be a kid that can make a play, make a play, but also, um, you know. And I, I coach Kennedy Carter, so I know a little bit about kids that play downhill and can go create mm-hmm. jobs. So, you know, I think I yeah. think Yaya's got a chance, but I think you've you've chosen well. Honestly, <laughs> like it's a bad choice. You know, just just give her grace and give me grace that, that there's still some holes in her game that we're gonna keep that we're gonna keep filling in. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah, well, that's uh, it's 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 a fun thing to watch. Last thing, real quickly, um, the Texas game coming up, and uh, I mean that's it's been kind of interesting to uh, <clears throat> watch that team. Y'all played them. Uh, at a time when they were having to try to adjust on the fly. What have you seen? And uh, hopefully that will be a great crowd uh, Thursday evening. But what? Um, that's a 6 o'clock. I believe that's a 6 o'clock. I was just thinking, no, that's tomorrow's game. Yeah. Anyway, Thursday's game. Um, what, what have you seen from uh, uh, Texas that jumps out at you uh, since you last played them? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just, they're, you know, they have Taylor Jones back who they didn't have. Um, when we played them, but Gaston's been out. So they, you know, um, Vicks had to, had to shuffle, you know, kind of all, all conference play from losing Rory. And I think what Booker's done in her role is, is really, really special. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of great freshmen this year and, and Hannah Hidalgo is, is, is what she's doing at Notre Dame is, is insane at the point position. That's just really hard to do what she's doing as a freshman at both ends mm-hmm. of the floor. But you know, when you talk about what Maddie Booker has done, um, I mean, I, I think I said it in my press conference afterwards, like I'd seen her play nothing in AAU and USA basketball, but the power forward position. And so to move over to the point, um, I think the advantage she's got is she sometimes then gets a lot of uh, size. And because she's such a good rhythm pull-up jump shooter, uh, when she's being guarded by little, you know, it, it's easier for her to get to that. Um, so we certainly have to mix coverages on her. She missed the last game because of a hamstring, but they basically said she'd be back for our game. So it's, it's um, you know, but I, I think they they still are really, really talented. They can still beat you on the boards really, really badly. Um, you know, they, 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 they played zone in the last game, which is a little, you know, outside the norm um, mm. for, for Vic, but, um, it, it kind of probably protects their post players, you know, from having to be on the perimeter. Um, you know, they have three guards that basically play 40 minutes a game. And so I think the teams that have had success, um, us, Oklahoma, have, have gotten in a transition game, you know, have been able to put points on the board um, and use depth, you know, and, and just kind of keep coming at them. But, but certainly um, a game that we need a huge crowd for. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's the last <laughs> regular season game against Texas as, as a Big 12 member. And, you know, and, and I'm not saying that we won't play them again and we won't schedule a home-and-home home in the future or, 
a neutral site game, but this is the only one that, that we know for sure of. And so right now it's, it's just a unique opportunity for, for us and for our fans um, to send them out of the Big 12 the right way. All right, uh, 7.30 tip-off, uh, pregame starts ESPN Central Texas at 7. This game on ESPN and uh, right at Foster Pavilion. So that's going to be a great contest. Look forward to everybody coming out. Nikki, thank you, and again, congratulations to everybody. This is going to be so much fun. February, Sunday, February 18th, uh, it'll be on ESPN, too. I think it'll be a capacity crowd. Uh, as the Baylor family uh, welcomes Brittany back, and, and that'll be a uh, that'll be a fun time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Matt. There, there she is, uh, Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley Show.